And uh, so anyway. Do you have a capo or something? Yeah. No. Some good guitar, but not. Okay, this is the Dovetel. There's this is one of the Nigumen Dovetel recorded, and it's much better than I do, but anyway. Yeah. I tell you what, not only that, I owe you this nigging. You know why? I made it up a Shonarab by Halal. Oh, yeah. And you recorded it and then you played it back to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, let's go. Let's make it see No, no, wait. Can you put it on? Yeah. On C. No, on B. <coughs> on the second.
2,000 years. Yeah. How you doing, David? Okay? Okay. What's that name? I'm going to show you the door. I'm going to show you the door. No, you know, it's Rosh Hashanah. But it's the sweetest Rosh Hashanah in the world. How do you know we're just a good doctor? Someone needs an injection. Have you ever seen it? Like a fake doctor puts a needle here, then there, and it's not, this arm is no good, try the other one. And then he says, ah, no, let's put it somewhere else. You know? <coughs> so Moshe Sakhaba once said, how do you know who is a good driver? Comes to a U-turn, when you, when you go straight, every driver is good. But we come to a U-turn, right? Because here, there, 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 till number kids are shocked, you know? Your kish is going over. A good driver makes a U-turn. You know, Rosh Hashanah, it's so heavy, gewalt, right? And Chodesh Nissen, it is so good, right? It's mamish. Mamish, it's a mamish in New Year. And um, everything is good. Anyway, good Chodesh. Anyway, okay, where are we now? Oh, here's a second. I'm sure you learned it better than I will ever learn it, so... Don't expect anything, okay? (laughs) 
Okay, before I even begin, you know, let me just give you a few things. There's a Gewalt story. The, um, his name is Ravnatoli Tzvi Yehuda Bolin. He was Roshiva in, in Voloshin. Anybody who knows anything about the Torah knows that he was like the rabbi of all the rabbis, right? My, like the Torah of the last 150 years, not to be believed, you know, it was like... And sad enough, and yeshiva close, it's, it's, it's a long, long story. But besides all the form he gave out, he gave out a sefer, Hemek Dova on Chumash, which was very precious to him. On the day the, the sefer came out, he made a big feast. And he told the story that when he was little, his father was a tailor. He was very poor. So his father wanted him also to be a good tailor. So when he was about 11, 12, his father was preparing him to become a good tailor. But he didn't want to be a tailor. So one day, Mamish on his own, he ran off, he went to yeshiva and learned, right? So he says he had a gewalt dream that he became a tailor. He was a good tailor. Comes up to heaven, ah, he's a good tailor, he goes to paradise. Right? But before he goes into paradise, they say, we want to show you something. We want to show you something. You know. So angels come. And they roll in all the storm which he could have written. He would have gone to the entire right? And they told him, look what you missed out. And it hurt him so much in the dream. Look what I could have been. I could have been a light to Israel for all generations to come. So what a cute tale. And he says, and from great pain, he woke up. So he decided, as God gave him the privilege not to be a tailor, but to come out with the, with the book, he has to make a feast. <coughs> oh, you know something very deep. <coughs> I need a strong broker to get rid of this cold, it's much crazy. Stepping after me, I'm trying to throw it off, and it loves me so much, wasn't leave me. You never know who loves you, right? <laughs> the Chaim. Yom um. Kippur, I'm dealing, I was learning a little bit last night, but even stronger today. On Yom Kippur, I'm dealing with the whole Torah, right? The Torah says, don't eat the hamburger on Yom Kippur. I'm sorry, God, I will tell you the truth. I was in a bad mood, I ate the hamburger. Shabbos, I'm not supposed to drive a car. What, what can I do? I had a date with this girl, and I thought maybe it's a shidduch, it's very, very important. I drove down. Okay, I'm dealing with the name of the Torah, right? I'm not really dealing with mamish, humble me, right? Pesach, the whole thing is in my house. It's in my house. See, if, I have, uh, if my neighbor has chromat, it's not my business. Yeah, maybe I should 
Shechina Hakov, I should tell him, but it's my house. That means Pesach is Mamish, my own house, my own life. And I have to be by the Chomets in my life, deepest depths of my life. What's wrong with me? Right? But before God can tell me what's wrong with me, he has first to show me what's good with me, right? Listen, if I walk, if I tell a person who walks on all four, why do you walk on all four? First I have to show the person who walks on two, right? So before I can even tell a person what's wrong with you, first I have to show you where you can be. And this is awesome. So we learn it inside in a few minutes. First it says, Oyelabos. The great light shining on the 14th. You know what light before Vedikas Chomets that night? That night God is showing you where you could be. God is showing you your own roots, where you reach, right? Where you're reaching. Let, let me tell you on a very simple level. Let me ask you, do we ever know how much we mean to other people? We don't know, right? So you're my friend, you're my friend. I love you, you love me, like, it's, it's all beautiful. Imagine if God would reveal to me how much I mean to this other person. Give out would I be careful. Give out would I be careful. Awesome, right? Let me tell you something very, very deep. You know, let's assume there is one moisture in the world I can't stand. And one of my side hobbies is to say bad things about Moishele. That's you. Then one day it would be revealed to me prophetically that this Moishele loves me so much. I would die from shame. I would die from shame. How come I'm so unsensitive? Come out. Where do I stand? Where do I stand? I want you to do one more thing. Let's say, imagine Heilig Rabdovit or the Rabbi Rameer would tell me, listen, I want to talk to you. Yes, I'd be. I'll be on my toes, right? Someone important wants to talk to me, right? He wants to talk to me. Imagine if it would be clear to me every morning that the Rebbe the master of the world, wants me to talk to him in the morning. It would be much clear to me, right? Humanly speaking, the Rebbe like the Zorkudish says, the Rebbe is Mamish waiting for every yid would I just knock off the downing? I wouldn't be able to do it, right? Let's assume husband and wife, right? You wake up in the morning and say, good morning, you know. 
How do most parents say good morning to their children? Most don't say it, and if they do, they say good morning. Imagine it would be clear to them that the children in their dreams are waiting for the morning for their parents to tell them good morning. But imagine my child is already grown up and suddenly, prophetically, I get a message from heaven. Do you know that the whole life of your child, he or she was waiting for you to tell them one time I give out good morning. It would be impossible to live after that. And if I would live, it would be a miracle, right? Give out what I could have done. So you see, the deepest depth is. Imagine if I had this unbelievable prophecy that my child was waiting all those years for me to, to tell him or tell her good morning properly, right? But now she's waiting that's a pity as well. I wouldn't be able to bear it. But imagine if at the same moment have another prophecy, why don't you tell them good morning right now? It, and it'll fix everything. It'll fix everything. All you have to do right now, just say. And it's so easy. You know what I mean to say? It is deeper than doing tshuva. It is deeper than doing tshuva. I'm not standing the night before Pesel, chet, or chet, or chet. No. You know what I'm going to do? And I just want to tell you outside first what he says. The night before Pesach, God is shining into me where I'm reaching my roots. That means where I'm reaching, humanly speaking, in God's heart. You know what roots are? The long string, right? And I shockle the string here, right? But it's shockling up there two million miles up there, right? You know what it says? Yaakov Heaven Achlose. Yaakov, a little yidali here. You know what the Kodushim says? A yid who doesn't believe that if I put my yarmulke from right to left, I'm turning over heaven and earth, doesn't know what Yiddishkeit is. So on one hand, it shows me where I'm reaching. And then I realize I did everything wrong. But you know what it shows me also? All you have to do, there is one crumb comet you have to get rid of. Doesn't even, doesn't cost anything, no pain. There is one little crumb inside of you which has to be thrown out. That's it. And you know what that means? It's even deeper than Yom Kippur. I don't have to do tshuva and a promise. I'm not promising anything. But while I'm looking for the chomet, 
and you see the Chometz is my Chometz, and you'll tell me, where does it say, Shonor, that this is Chometz? You know it's Chometz. You know it's Chometz. I want you to know one of the greatest things in my life, which Mamsh gave me a taste of Shabbos, when the Holy Bova Rebbe came the first time to America, you know, he was the first Rebbe who came after the war. Unbelievable, right? I mean, you know, what a privilege. You know, first of all, he saved thousands of heat. He saved thousands of babies because he was dressed as a Polish officer. And he was, he was working in Nazi headquarters. I think he shared with you. Every morning in a helicopter, they would fly over all the concentration camps in Poland and inspect if everything is, if the gas chambers, if smoke's coming out, go out. Can you imagine, Mamish? He was sitting there right next to the Nazi general supervising. But he had, he could go into concentration camps whenever he wanted to. He brought out hundreds of babies. He was caught 127 times. Like a holy mother saw 127 times. But anyway, what I want to tell you is, what I remember forever is the first time I saw him. He davened. And after the davening, the way he said, good Shabbos. Until that moment, never seen anybody saying good Shabbos. Besides Moshe, look at Shabbos, which is a different Pasha, right? Shabbos is right. I think I shared with you, when, you know, I have a twin brother, I had a twin, I guess, actually, two days ago was the outside, And we were little kids then. I'm 15 years old. So he took my hand or my brother's hand between his two hands. He looked at us and he says, um, we know each other from last lifetime. You know? We vowed, right? Rabbis don't talk like this always, right? Special moment. But the way he said good Shabbos to us, you know? I was always talking to my brother, if you have a little taste in Shabbos, it's from the good Shabbos of the Baba Rabbi, right? So imagine my whole life, I didn't say good Shabbos properly. So say the night, it's clear to me, get rid of your chomets in there, right? That's it. You know what that means? What kept you from being the way you're supposed to be is not 10 million 10,000 million tons of garbage that you have to get rid of. <coughs> One little crumb. Okay, now let's learn inside. Ma'ashazua masechte maschelis bemilas oya why is a warm you coming? You coming in? Yeah. Okay, why is this Masechta of Pesach? I'm sorry. Why is this Masechta of Pesach beginning with the word light? Who could be there? Hak, Meir, Shemizbor, Lena Odom, 
שיקי מקוימה ושראש ממש on Pesach, when I have to look for my chumetz, the first thing God has to show me, my roots. And God is showing me, God is showing me my place in the world, where I could be. And then the Yerem of Fush, And then suddenly, Mavish, it's clear to me, not only my roots in heaven, also the roots of my chomets. What's, what's keeping me? What's keeping me from being the way I'm supposed to be? And here comes the deepest turn in the world. Why? And again, I'll say it first outside and learn inside. There's an unbelievable Torah in the the, the brother of the Bess Yaakov. Do you know on Pesach, we have to bring a chattas, a sin offering. So he asked the deepest question in the world. Last night we got out of Egypt. I mean, how much sinning do you have time to do, say, the night? Even if you're an expert on sin, right? Like some of us. So the next morning, you already have to bring a sin offering? So he says the deepest turn in the world. That night, when we got out of Egypt, we could have brought Mashiach. The gates were open. The gates were open. We were so happy to get out of Egypt that we didn't ask for more. I'm getting out of Egypt. You know, it was suddenly so clear to me. You know, during the Six-Day War, when we came back to Yerushalayim, we could have asked the to bring Mashiach. At that moment, the gates were open. We were so happy that God blew the shofar by the Holy Wall, and uh, Moshe Dayan was a great general. We were so happy. That's it. Why didn't you ask for more? You know, there's a Torah in Besyakov in another place, which is so deep and so real. Okay, imagine Rab Miki and Rab Dovidu want to get some money for your car, so finally you have an interview with Brother Rothschild, right? So Rabbi Rosen and Rabbi Zeller coming to Paris to meet Brother Rothschild. So Rothschild says, I'm very much impressed with your work, and uh, what, can I what, can I give? what can I give you, right? So, do it little thing, you know, I don't want to be a pig, you know, take away all his money. <laughs> um, what should I say? <coughs> so he says, you know what? Give me $50,000. Rothschild says, I wanted to give you $2 million. I wanted to give you $2 million. You see what it is? On Yom Kippur, I'm giving God a schedule what I want. You know why I have to tell him exactly what I want? Because the doors are not that much open. It's still a supermarket. You tell God, I want this, I want this. God says, let's open your account, how much credit you have, and we'll see what's going on. 
that you pay last year's bill, okay, we'll, we'll bargain it out, right? Saturday night is a completely different story. Saturday night, the gates of heaven are so open that God wants to give you everything. <coughs> Namish everything. So why didn't you take it? One of the last Torahs, the Priyadikilavavich Rebbe said, you know, he passed away, Mama Shusa Yungalena, he passed away Yutrat, and the last, last tish he had was Yutis, Yutis Kirsa. It was awesome, you know. Later on, we realized it was Mamish. It was Mamish telling us his last will, but at that moment we didn't know. One of the things he says. He says we are always coming to God like beggars. What's a beggar on the street asking? A quarter, a dollar. He has gewalt chutzpah. He says, "Give me five dollars." He says, we are not beggars. We are not homeless people. Uh, why did he ask God for everything? He says, can you imagine the son of Rothschild is standing on a street corner begging for a quarter? We should ask your father, you know, for everything. The Rebbe wants to give us everything. Why are we so, so small? So here comes the Torah. And you see what it is? Every pace of the gates are open, and God wants to give us everything. And hopefully, hopefully, every year we are fixing our vessels just a little bit more. And the closer we get to Mashiach, hopefully God gives us more. This is a deep story of the world. The Ishbitzer says, not God, only God wants to give it to you. He gave it to you already. It's already in my account. It's just lying there. I'm sorry, what? It's in my account already. God... God forwarded it to my account in, 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 in the Holy Bank, right? So why don't I see it? Because it's so dark. It's unbelievable. So you hear what he says. The light is an unbelievable, like two sides. On one side, on one hand, on one hand, God is showing me who I am, right? And then God is showing me also what I have. And you have it. You have it all. Let's put it this way. I'm learning Gemara and Sarah please, I would like to know this page. On Pesach, you can say to God, I would like to know the whole chance tonight. Why not? You see, Shavuos, 
of learning it last night, if you remember, Shavuos is, the Torah is down to this world. In this world, first you learn other base, you learn one sentence, and you read a chapter, you read another book. It's a slow process because God created the world in six days. Takes a little while. Pesach is not on the level of Shabbos, the Mochas of Shabbos, right? Shabbos is no time. No time. See, what I'm learning Seder night is not words. I'm not sitting Seder night and learning Steinmarks and Metallus. And again, remember we were learning last night the Haggadah was written by Yonovi. Yonovi lives forever. And you know what this forever does not mean only he'll live forever two million years from now. He lives forever every second. He lives forever every second. It means every second. Every second is awesome. So he says on Seder night, that means the night before the Seder, God lets me know <coughs> where I reach. God lets me know my place in the world is all one. And God lets me know it's all there already. You know why am I opening the door to your novice Seder night? Because it's clear to me, you know, standing by the door wants to come in. All year long, I'm not aware of it. Then one more thing. The most important thing, do you know what God needs you for? Do you know what, which is the one mitzvah which connects you to God? You know, everyone, every person has to keep the whole Torah. But there is one mitzvah which is the mitzvah of my neshama. One thing. You know, sometimes you see a person, maybe their, their mitzvah is davening, right? Then you meet another person, maybe their big mitzvah is to do favors to others. Maybe one person, his biggest mitzvah is to go to hospitals to visit people. It doesn't mean he doesn't have to put on film. Yeah, but this is, this is his mitzvah, right? Do you know all the rabbis? Every rabbi had one mesechte, was his mesechte. As much as they knew every word of the Torah. You know, the Holy Sanse, his mesechte was Bo Metzir. He learned 20 years Bo Metzir. Unbelievable, God, can you imagine what level, right? Awesome, right? The Heilige Robschitzer learned mesechte sukkah all his life. There's an unbelievable story. Um, the Kotzke Rebbe called somebody in. He says, I want you to know one Mesechte by heart. So he thought he'll be very clever. The smallest Mesechte is Mesechte Heuriots, right? Only 12 pages. He comes back and he says, Mom, uh, should all live long. Says, Rebbe, I, I learned Mesechta Hoyus by heart. Kotzke Rebbe says, I. 
Do you know Hashem was decreed in heaven you should leave the world? So I prayed you out that you shouldn't leave the world until you know one Masechta Bahad. If you would have taken Masechta Baba Basra, it has 172 pages, you could have lived for another 10 years. Right? It's unbelievable, right? You know, sometimes we think we are so clever. We are fooling God. We are never fooling God. We are only fooling ourselves. Okay, Saturday night, Mamish, I see my place in the world. Why am I a little bit sad inside? We all are sad inside. Imagine I have a million dollars in the bank in Switzerland, but I don't know the name of the bank. Heartbreaking, right? I schlepped myself like a schlepper, and I have a million dollars, I don't know where it is, right? Say the night, the night before the Seder, God lets me know the name of my bank in heaven. Where this mitzvah is, which opens all the gates for me. See, the moment I would know exactly my roots, the moment I would know exactly my connection, where my connection is, let's, let's assume, you know, suddenly it would be clear to me that my deepest connection to God is Shabbos. Then I will know right away that Masechta Shabbos, my Masechta, right? Or let's assume something else. Maybe, maybe my way of serving God is by fasting. Ah, Masechta Tanis, right? Oh, imagine it's clear to me suddenly that my biggest thing is Pesach. So that I will know, Mamish, to learn Masechta Pesach, right? And also, you know why I'm so sad? Because I don't know how to fix my past. I don't know how to fix everything. But you see, this one mitzvah, which I'm supposed to do, this one mesechte, which I'm supposed to learn, this is my key. Remember we're learning a lot of times, how do I know which is the key to the door? Very simple. If you have to quetch 100 times till it opens, it's not the key, right? If it's a real key, no problem, right? I put it in, now open it, right? You know why we have so much trouble opening our hearts? Because I'm opening it with the wrong key, right? Imagine my Mesechta is Psochim, and I'm sitting there quetching, boom, it's here. Hey, it doesn't go. I break the key, and, and Chasm Shulman knows what. So this is what it is. We go from one good thing to the other, right? You know, most of us, we don't have our act together because we don't know what we're supposed to do. Right? This is Gewalt. Understand? And this is the deepest steps in the world, really. 
How does Parnasa come? I'm sure you know it anyway. I always think, you know, I have this, this store, <coughs> and I believe 100% that it's not really the store, it's God who's helping me with the store, but regardless, it's a store and I get money through it. Which is true, 100% true. But you see what it is. I forget sometimes, Panosse doesn't start in this world. Panosse is a mamsha gewalt energy coming down from heaven. Gewalt, right? Sometimes the heli helicopter comes down, bringing me Panosse. Sometimes it's 747, right? Sometimes a Concorde. Or maybe it's a missile, right? I don't know. And you know why I have so much trouble with Panosse? Because I don't know my roots. I'm completely off my roots. But you see, I'm sure you know this, you know, we think in heaven they're just flying around there. They're Mamish away, right? Mamish an airplane is like a highway. And you know, sometimes an airplane shockers when it comes up a certain altitude because it's not on that highway yet, right? So it reaches that highway where it's almost like on a street, right? Once I had the privilege of sitting next to a pilot from, from United Airlines, was a Gewalt, and he was almost explaining me everything, though, I mean, as much as I was able to fathom, right? But this is what he told me. You see, you, you just see air. You're not imagining what's going on in heaven, right? The streets. He says, let's say, for instance, he says, from New York to Israel, there's a highway, there's a street. There is a street in heaven from New York to Tel Aviv, right? But sometimes, till the airplane gets on it, shock us a little bit. But when it's on it, see what it is? There is, like, for me to heaven, there's a highway. And my Panosse, my helicopter, or my 747, this is the way from heaven, right? But if I'm not connected to my roots, then the Panosse also doesn't reach me. Everything doesn't come in the right place. And here I want you to open your heart the deepest way. When we ate from the tree of knowledge, God says, you'll eat your food with sadness. Was not the punishment was just a fact. Because that food from the tree of knowledge was not from my roots, right? It didn't come from the highway from God to me, right? Remember, we're learning it a lot of times, and I don't want to go over it again. Remember, but it's so good, I have to tell you again. In case you weren't there. Khan. The first teaching Moshe Rabbeinu gives us after we stood on Mount Sinai, he says, if someone steals, if you remember, a little bit heartbreaking, right? I expected something else. The first teaching after Moshe comes down from heaven, I expected a talk, what is God, right? Or the importance of God in your personal life. 
or the, the importance of being a Jew, right? Something. So how does he begin? If someone's stalled and he can't pay, then you have to sell him as a slave, and you have to let him go after six years. Really. First of all, it really never happened. But besides everything else, really. I mean, I'm so high now after Mount Sinai. But you know what the Ishbitz says, actually, the Zerkodesh. The first thing is to fix Adam and Eve. You know, the tree of knowledge was not their tree. Think about it. When they ate from the tree of knowledge, it was stolen food. It's awesome, right? And they can't pay. They can't pay. So therefore, they are sold into slavery. But yet, God promises after six years, first it means like six years when Mashiach is coming or on Shabbos, you know, this is really not important. The important part I want you to know the tree of knowledge is not our food. So he says, everybody knows Pesach is the fixing of the tree of knowledge. That means Pesach. You know, matzah is called Michle Aswasa, the healing food. Won't you know something? If someone tells you, you know, if you're on a diet or, or anything with health food, you know, matzah. I don't buy that. Matzah. Matzah is mamish Michle Aswasa. It's the most healing food in the world. <coughs> And even if you don't know, if you don't feel it, you're not on the level yet. Imagine someone is very sick, and I give him some strong medicine. He says, I don't feel anything. Forget it. I'm a doctor, I'm telling you. The Rebbeisham, the Emerson doctor, the Rolf Achoylem, he says to us, Matze, Matze is good for you. You know, last year there was someone in my shul. He says, Hen Matze is too heavy, you know. And he refused. I mean, it was not the mark, heavy, you know. Someone saw my name in the newspaper, he wants to come for the same. Hey, Sister Mimi's here. Have no fear. <laughs> you hear, friends? Jumped it. Hey, jumped it. So you hear, friends? You know what's so special about matzah? Matzah, the matzah which I'm eating, the mamish coming, coming down on my highway. The only thing God asked me one thing. Before I give you that matzah, you have to get rid of the chometz. Because chometz, you know, chometz, there's nothing bad with chometz, and I can eat it all year long. But you know, on Pesach, when I begin my life again, and just be aware of one thing, because the deepest question of the world is, isn't it important to know what's right and what's wrong? What's wrong with the tree of knowledge? And I hope you remember this is a, a must, Tyler. And, and if nobody should eat it, why, God, why did God create the tree? But the answer is very simple. 
We were supposed to eat first from the tree of life and then the tree of knowledge. Because the first feast God, Adam was created on Friday, and the first feast was supposed to be Friday night, the tree, the tree of life. Do you know that all the tzaddikins, especially in Chernobyl, do you know that all the big tzaddikim, especially in Chernobyl, one of the biggest fixings they would give out to the Exidim is fasting on Friday. Because <coughs> what, was the, what was the mistake of, of Adam and Eve? <coughs> they didn't want to wait until Friday night to eat the tree of life. So the fixing is I'm fasting. I have time till Shabbos, right? You see, when I eat the food, which is my food, and I'm not talking about health food because this is not what I'm talking about now. Mamish is a food which is mamish meant for me. Mamish meant for me. Ah, uh, then I eat with so much simcha. See, when I eat stolen food, I'm not the simcha, right? When I eat food which is mamish, my food, Sent down for me on the highway from heaven. Ah, it's so good, right? Let's put it this way. I'm going to Chinese restaurant and I'm eating soup. It's good soup. Am I sitting there and, and, and blowing my mind with joy now? Because it's not my soup. I eat it. But imagine I'm coming home and my wife and my children make me some soup. Ah, it's so good, right? Because the soup is mamish made for me, right? Matzah is something else, right? You know what it is to be in exile? To be in exile, you have everything, but it's not really yours. You know what Eretz Yisrael is? It's mamish ours. I can live in Dallas and be a frum yid, even go to, to paradise. But you didn't live in your own house. That is is Mamish. My house, right? Pesach is my house. Why are you always worried about Panosa? Why are we always why are we so worried? Because basically I'm not connected to the highway where my Panosa is coming from. There's always a miracle if I get something. Because it's, imagine, God forbid, God forbid, if suddenly the machine doesn't work in, 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 in the airplane and it's flying around there. It's to be a miracle if it finds the airport, right? See, if my highway is not in contact, well, how do you get your panosa? And I feel it inside. So I'm always worried. But when I'm connected, I'm not worried. Now listen to this. Why is it when we came out of Egypt we were not worried about food? It's crazy. You don't know where, where, where your bagel is coming tomorrow morning. Why should I worry? 
The one who's feeding me is sending it to me. No problem. See, Pesach, not only spiritually and, and, so to speak, religiously, am I finding my place in the world? What's happening to me in the deepest, deepest, deepest depth that I'm re-establishing my tzina, my connection, where my panos is coming from. Oh, now we go one step deeper. What lab when Mashiach is coming? When Mashiach is coming, what God will show us, that even when we thought we were off, in the deepest depths we weren't off either. We were never off. Because how is it possible that the Jew should be off? <coughs> you know, how is it possible that the Jew should be off and God is watching us so much. You know what it means, Leil Shemurim Hul Hashem? That night it's clear to us how much God is watching us. But first I establish my highway, right? And then suddenly it's clear to me. While I eat the matzah, then I realize, Mamish, It was really always my highway, a certain deep way. The rock for Eulam was there, she died in Istoris Borg. The ain order Makima, Mr. Rosha, she was a conscientious Mr. Rosha. She was there, a mocker, she made a yokel in Borg Kalachaschan. Obezerhak and on this yonte, Mayor Shemis Borg, God is shining into us. I recognize my place and my roots. And suddenly it's clear to me, where is this little piece of chromats? Where is this little stupid thing which prevents me from being what I'm supposed to be? That's the greatest thing. I just saw somewhere in one of those magazines, a woman writes she was very sick. It's not important if it's true or not, but this is what she writes. She was very, very sick, went to all the doctors, and then she met a peasant. And the peasant tell, told her, you know what, every morning, the first thing you have to do, you have to eat a raw garlic. And after 30 days, she was cured, right? You know what that means? It's a little chumas. You just need a little garlic, right? You need something. You don't need an operation. You don't need who knows what. Small thing. God is showing to me on Pesach. You know, I always think I lost something on my way. Friends, you know why we're so sad inside? 
we lost so much. You know what the biggest simch in the world is? When God is shining into me, it's still there. It's still there. Because God doesn't let you lose anything. There's another Torah in Beth Yaakov, he says, imagine I have a child, and I give my child a million dollars, and then the child is playing with a million dollars, slowly, slowly the, the money is falling out. And then the child realizes, go out, I lost a million dollars. And the father says, listen, I walked behind you. I picked it up all the time. I have it. It's right here, right? You know what is Leil Shimur? A night of guarding? That God gives us back everything we lost. Everything we lost. So you see, this is unbelievable. Now listen to this. The night before the Seder, I, I see my roots. And I know where I'm supposed to be. And then I see what I did wrong. And I see how much I lost because of the Chomets. And I'm trying to get rid of the Chomets in the worst way, right? Okay, I burned the Chomets. <coughs> then comes Seder night, late Shimon. Then God chose me. He didn't lose anything. You didn't lose anything. Mamash have it. And you see what it is. See, on Yom Kippur, I say, Rabbeinu I'll do tshuva, and then I'll be, hopefully, a holy person. On Pesach, it's a completely different thing. On Pesach, God is shining into me that I was always the holiest person in the world. I was always there. Was always there. You see, the night of Seder, it's clear to me in the deepest, deepest, deepest depths. The moment I'm tasting, Mashiach is here already. Mashiach is here. I want you to know something. In a certain deep way, Okay, this is the deeper. What is the greatest sin in the world? And what is the most hurting thing in the world? You know what hurts most? To be an outsider. Most heartbreaking thing in the world, right? Now take the world today. People are married, they have a wife, they have children, they have husbands. Or an outsider. How many people come home and they're outsiders in their own home? You know what the saddest thing in the world is? A ye to come to shoe feels like an outsider. He goes to a movie, he feels at home. 
He goes to, to a nightclub, hears some dirty jokes, he feels at home. Comes to shul. Outside. You know how the evil forces in the world are called? They're not called evil forces, they're called chitzanim. Outsiders. They're not inside. The depth of, of a yid is, I'm an insider. So therefore he says, you know how much it takes from an insider to an outsider? It's just one crumb. Mashahu. Let me tell you something. I meet this girl, she's beautiful, I like her, but I'm not made in love with her. You know why? Because there's a mashahu. There's a little crumb. Nothing wrong. Something. Something. You know why we don't reach the level we're supposed to be on? Why are we outsiders instead of insiders? It's this mashahu. Well, you know something awesome, you know, like, you know, this mashahu is so deep, you know. It is so small, you can maybe, can barely see it, mashahu, something. I'll tell you something else. Take the good side, right? Sometimes you meet a person, they're gewalt, right? I'll show you the same person, the same thing, but it's not a gewalt. What's the difference? It's this mashahu. <coughs> Can't even put my finger on. But it's mashahu. It's a something. You know, from inside to outside, where does outside begin? Where does inside begin? There is no there is no border saying, oh, now you're outside, now you're inside. This is mashu. One billionth of an inch more, you're inside. One billionth of an inch, you're outside. You know, sometimes we're good friends with somebody, and then suddenly they become outsiders. This mashu. A little bit right. The other way around. Sometimes we are not so close to a person, and then suddenly we are so close, right? Because we got rid of this mashu. Come out, right? Well, you know, I had the privilege, you know, I want to mention names, I can only mention the good. My Rabbi Rabbi Shleimer Heimann was gewalt, right? His Amkes. The depth, was almost like Matzi, you know, like You know how deep he was? When he would say, let's say, one and one is two, you would die from depth. <laughs> because the way he said it was so deep, right? Deep is not the word. But when he said something really deep, It was so heavenly. I remember 
There was once, um, you know, in Pagin Dibur, in Gitna and in Ksubis, it's a whole long sugya and markets a little bit. There's a big shadow from Kibbe Ege. And all those, the great, the greatest answer it, Shuleb Diskid, so then, Rabbi Shlomo gave a shir, and he said, and you know what it is, <coughs> the way, the way he gave all of Rabbi question was so deep, that suddenly it was clear to you that all those answers are, they don't even know what he's asking, right? And then he gave his answer. I could not believe. But you know, it was not like a little bit uh, like a few U-turns, you know, straight. Like Ramesh, you could see every word of the Gemara is Ramesh clear, clear before his holy eyes, you know. I remember I was just, I said to him, Rabbi, according to, I mean, the Gewalt, but not to be believed. I said, you know, to be sure left, this kid was supposed to be the greatest. I said, Mamish, they didn't understand what Kuwait Kasha, right? It was, you know, never, it's a long, long story, but when his wife was pregnant, there was a pogrom, never, in Kremitschuk. So he put his wife on a wagon and he drove out into the forest because he was almost killing, killing people. And he was alone with her in the forest. And he had mamish nothing with him. And Nebuch, you know, the baby came out and he had nothing to cut the cord, Nebuch. I don't know, he looked for something in, in the forest, Nebuch, heartbreaking. First of all, Nebuch, the baby died. And she was injured forever. She couldn't have children. And I've never seen, I want you to have never seen a person giving so much love to his wife, like a Shlomo you know, like, it was awesome, right? Anyway, so every year, whoever was, like, say, good in his class, he adopted them as, as his children. And the Rebetzin, like, Adopted them, you know. So the last year before I left for Lakewood, I had the privilege. I was mamish like, you know, like his, like his son a little bit, you know, if I dare say so. And Rabbits, you know, was my assistant mother. But anyway, so I'm walking into Rav and I say, you know, I said, Rabbi, today you she was mamish like. Mamish Mount Sinai, you know? He was always like, you know, on one hand, he wasn't stupid, you know? He knew what he was doing, right? He was a galab, but then he said, oh, look, there's Shlomo there. You shouldn't talk like this, you know? <laughs> but I saw that he was like a little happy, I told him, you know? <laughs> You see what it is? 
What was the difference between him and all the other G'dalim? Even Rabban said, Gewalt Teures. But inside, Rabbi Schleimer was inside. Inside of the inside. How much inside, you know? There's something else. You know, when Pesach, everything is in the house. Pesach, I want to be inside. And it's possible to be in your own house and still be an outsider. This little comments doesn't let me. So therefore he says, you have to be so much didactic for this one crumb. Because when God wants to give me something so heavenly, so beautiful, you know, when I see, let's say I see a homeless person on the street, give him five dollars. I don't have to be madly in love with this, with this poor man to give him five dollars, because even if I give him stoke, it's an outside gift, right? You know, a girl will tell me, listen, you gave this poor man five dollars without being in love with him. Why can't you give me a wedding ring also without being in love with me? It's a good child, right? The answer is very simple. When they give him five dollars, it's outside stuff. I give you a ring. It's the inside of the inside of the inside of the inside. And if there's one little crumb doesn't fit, it doesn't fit. I tell you what, the truth is you could learn this for 10 years. But I want to stop here and want to add something to it, if you don't mind, for a few minutes. Chaim. Do you know there is no yontif in the world? There is no yontif in the world. We are cleaning so much. There is no yontif in the world where every woman, listen to me, who cleans the house. I think I told you once, you know, when I was, okay, I bless everyone to have Shalom Bayes, okay, stupidly I got divorced, but whatever it is. When I was married, every Friday, I was mamish helping the evil day, mamish really, the whole time. The whole time, I didn't have time to learn even one word. And every Friday before Shabbos, Lila would tell me, it's terrible, you didn't help me at all, you're only taking care of yourself, you're taking care of every shmendic as your favor, and I'm your wife, you don't help me. <laughs> you know, the first few weeks I thought, you know, maybe, maybe something wrong with her or with me or something. And then suddenly I understood what's going on. You know what is going on? Friday, every woman has to fix the tree of knowledge, right? One of her fixing is to clean the house for Shabbos. Because remember, we were just learning it. The tree of knowledge is outside food. Tree of life is inside. 
tree of knowledge is stolen food. Tree of life is inside food. And you know what it is? Where she reaches when she's doing her thing on Friday, I don't reach there. Because I, as a man, don't have to fix the same thing a woman does, right? And she mamish felt she is alone up there, right? Where she is fixing, right? I started asking around all the Chesidish Yidin, you know, with their wives. They told me the same thing. <laughs> their wives always angry at them before Shabbos that they didn't help. I said, I mamish, I help all the time. I told them it's true. Because when they are reaching, we don't reach there, right? Won't you know something? I'll just make it very fast. Why did God give us the Torah? What is the covenant between us and God? <coughs> give me just five minutes to your deepest attention. Everybody knows there's Torah Shebik the written Torah. And then there's Torah Shebapei, the Orla, which is like what God says to Moshe. But in the deepest depth, it is what we're adding, 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 adding. Everybody knows that Torah Shebik is rain. Rain is, you see where it's coming from. Torah Shebapei is dew. You can't see when it's coming, but you just feel it suddenly. Oh, it's so good, right? Mom's a message from heaven. Torah Shibapeh is on the level of dew. I know it's from heaven. Well, I can't say it, right? Because I was sitting in my room learning, and Ramesh was so heartbroken, I don't understand the Gemara. And suddenly it's this one drop of dew, and I understand it. So Moshe Rabbeinu said to God, you give us the Torah, but one day the Torah will be translated in all the languages, so where's our covenant? So God says, my covenant between you and me and Israel is not the written Torah. The covenant between you and me is Torah Shabbat. It's all tradition. This, right? You know, the Bible is translated for 3,000 years. Have you ever seen anybody writing a decent commentary on the Torah? Nobody. Only us. And you know what's so crazy about it? Even us, someone who doesn't mamish keep Shabbos and mamish keeps the six and thirteen laws is not capable of adding to the Torah, so to respect. They can fabricate some stupidity, you know, but it doesn't go, right? Now listen to this. Shavuos is the yontif of Torah Shabbat Shabbat. You know what Pesach is? Torah Shabbat Peh. is my private, my private connection to God. And Gewalda, we adding every Pesach. And you know what it is? I want you to know the deepest, deepest, deepest depths. You know, the woman is privileged to bring children to the world. So basically, Torah is a privilege of women because it's giving birth to some new stuff, right? <coughs> Why was the snake so eager to get Eve to eat the tree of knowledge? 
because the snake wanted to destroy our connection to God. You know what my deepest connection to God is? Not just doing what God told me to do. To add. I'll tell you something very simple. I love this girl very much. So she says to me, can you give me some coffee, right? I remember one time I said to Nishamala, can you give me some apple juice? And she was little, let's say six years old. So she went, took like a glass, gave me apple juice and a plate under it, and she put a little flower on the plate. Do you know what that was? That is the deepest, right? The adding. You see what it is? The snake came to Eve because Eve is the one who can add. And here I want you to know the deepest death. No, it's this way out. You know, the Ishbitzer says, you know, the way it's translated Chava is translated Eve. It's a cute name. Now here we have beautiful Chava here. But how do you translate Chava? Eve. Doesn't, doesn't turn me on the name Eve. You know what Chava means? The Heilige Vesyakov says Chava comes from the word Yechavidoth. Yechavidoth means to show you something where, where you would never get there on your own. You would never get there on your own. So here the Ishbitzer says, which is the most awesome thing in the world, You know what Adam says to Eve? Maybe you made a mistake. I'm not going into it. But you know what you showed me? You showed me the deepest depths of life. Let me ask your friends, is the deepest depths of life when you do everything wrong, when you do everything right? Isn't the deepest depths of life that you can do wrong and fix it? Because if I'm going to do everything right, it's sitting on Aiden, right? What's the holiness of this world? You see, Adam, why was Adam so broken when he ate the tree of knowledge? Because he thought, that's it. I made one mistake, I'm out. And you know because of Chava, what Chava showed him? So? So you did wrong, you'll fix it. You'll fix it again. I want you to know something. Take all the Torah Shabbat Peh of Pesach. There is not a yonte over there so much written. So many tshuvas, right? What are the tshuvas? The tshuvas is not when everything is right, when everything goes wrong. I had a big part of, of kosher chicken soup for Pesach, and then the kram fell in, right? Chomet. Or something else, you know, I left I, I cooked chicken soup for whole Pesach and I left it out on the street. And I don't know, maybe somebody passed by and threw in some, some crumbs, right? All those crazy things, you know? Or let's say, say the night, the night before Pesach, I have those 10 pieces of hummus I put at the window and I put 10 pieces in, then there's only nine. 
And I, I, I get crazy. I'm looking all over the house and I can't find it. What am I supposed to do? Call up my therapist, right? <laughs> you know what life is so deep? Because we can do wrong. And you know what the Ishmael says, the deepest depths? This is awesome. Do you know when Adam really got married to Chava? Not in paradise. When they were hiding from God. When was their chuppe? In paradise, they didn't have a chuppe, just God married them off. You know what the chuppe is? When they were sitting under the tree hiding from God. The opposite day. When do I know who my friend is? To whom I can confide when I do something wrong? It's the deepest. That is the deepest. Let me ask you, you know, why did God make us go to Egypt and then come out? Egypt, why, why did we need the whole thing, right? God should have taken us, children of Abraham, bring us to the Holy Land and live happily after. You know who we would be? <coughs> Robots. Nothing. Nothing. You know, a person who never did wrong in his life is nothing. It's not worse than onion. <coughs> You know, Yosef HaTzadik thought he is Mashiach. You know why? He never did anything wrong. So you know what Yehuda did? He took his coat and put it in blood. You know what he was telling him? You think you become a Mashiach by doing everything right? You have to spill a lot of blood until you become a Mashiach. Not so simple. You have to make so many mistakes. You have to go through so much in your life. You know what the good is? The Haggadah is, I want you to know, the Haggadah is the story of every one of us. And even if you don't understand it, but to give us a taste, it's a story how we, how we went wrong, how we went to Egypt, we were slaves, we came out, until we came out, how we came out. But we always come out. We always come out. And Satan night is just so good. But I just want you to know, Satan night is Mamish Torah right? It is Mamish Torah And I mentioned last night, it's written by the Yonovi. And you know he's the one who lives forever. You know why he lives forever? I was always learning that he wants to, he loves Eden so much, he cannot leave this world until he met every Jew. So he has to stay here forever. But right now I have a different idea. And you know he says, I cannot leave because I want to see every mistake Eden are making. And every generation makes different mistakes. He wants so much to know the story. You know, like a Hitchcock story, you can't leave in the middle, right? You can't.
I want you to know something. It is possible to know every word of the Torah and not be completely in this world. You know what bugs us sometimes? You know, someone told me a yeshiva bocha, who Mamish wanted to leave the yeshiva, wanted to leave Yiddishkeit and Bokshem. He met Zushi, then I met him, he was talking to me. Whenever he had personal problems, he would tell the Roshiva. Roshiva would say, listen, you just sit and learn. It's not so simple. Sure, the Torah has a lot to say, but... You know, the Torah is heavenly. The Torah has heavenly advice, but not, maybe not the Torah is the answer later. You know what, Seder, what night is Seder is? Mamish, the depths of life. The deepest depths of life. What's happening to us in this world? How much pain we go through? How many mistakes we make? And maybe later on we have more time, but I want you to know, say the night, you know, you know what good education is? Good education is not only telling your children how to keep Shabbos, how to wash Negevaser. It's very important. Good education is to prepare your children how to make mistakes and come back. You know what Satan night is, Mamish, I'm in Egypt and I'm coming out. And you know what Matzah is? Matzah is mamish healing me from all my wounds. And I just want to say one more thing, then maybe make a cute little intermission for two minutes. I want you to know, you know, what the Kojas and Magid says, remember when we were learning it. Why is the first thing we take the matzah and we break it? The Kojas and Magid says, a person who doesn't know that in this world, the heart of every Jew is broken, then you don't know anything about life. We're not living in a world of whole hearts. We're living in a Yahat's world. But this is what makes the world so beautiful. This is what makes the world so beautiful. Anyway, thank you a million times. Forgive me for making it so long or so short, whatever it is. We're making a little intermission for a few minutes. Good. Hi, Luke. What's going on? How you doing, I want to learn a little bit the locus of the Seder night. Maybe we'll have to relearn it again. We'll give you pieces of paper.
Okay, if I could have your sweetest attention, brothers and sisters, time. You know the way we do it? After Pesach night, I go to shul, then I'm taking my family for a walk to get some fresh air. Then we come home, and then my wife says, maybe let's make the table for the Seder, you know, and then very, very, we have time. We take a little bit of rescue before, so we'll be like really relaxed. And uh, then later on, we make a Seder. How does it sound to you? I want you to know that the Seder table has to be set mamish at least by 12, by 1 o'clock. It has to be set. You know, when the Russian Tsar comes to visit me, I don't wait till he rings the bell and say, hey, listen, Brother Tsar, I'm just about setting the table. It doesn't go this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah? I remember as a little girl, when I would wake up in the morning of Pesach, it was a treat to, as soon as I woke up, to run to see how, whenever I woke up, the table was already set. Good. That was the first thing my mother would do. Has to be. According to... So it is like a vault. No, it is a rabbi. Not how when I wake up now. According, <laughs> human, human wants good. But then, according to Samuel Kubolim, you should set the table three days before. This is very deep. You know about Martin Teurer, we had Shloshit Gemerak Bola? Three days to repair ourselves? But this is Teurer Shabik And we'll go into later on. I want you to know all the preparation for Shavuz, for Pesach, is all Teurer Shabalpeh. It says in the Torah, don't eat Chomets, right? It says, Seder night, we have to eat Kom Pesach, right? The whole thing of the Seder. And the whole thing of your Novi writing the Haggadah for us, right? It's all Toshibalpe. Added, added, added. So when we got to Toshibik Sav, you see, Pesach is Mamish both. It's Toshibalpe and it's Toshibik Sav, right? But three days. I'm just giving you the most important part. But this is only the first day. But for the second day, you cannot set the Seder table during the first day for the second night. Then you have to wait till it's night. Mamish night. We know we have something very important. Do you know that on Shabbos, I am permitted to make Kiddush? Imagine someone, <coughs> someone makes Shabbos very early from Plakam in Choron. Let's say, let's say, Lichtbenchen is 6.20 and already 5 o'clock at Daven Minche and Marv. And I come home and I make Kiddush before three stars are showing. According to 90% of the poskim, it's 100% okay. Because, you know, by Shabbos is a halacha of Toysus Shabbos, to add to Shabbos. <coughs> <coughs> and also, again, I don't want to repeat myself, but you have to forgive me. Remember, we're learning it, Rabbi Nachman talks about it a thousand times. <coughs> is it on or is it the one? Oh, good, good. Yeah. 
You know, Chava, one of the fixings of the tree of knowledge is that she is benching licht. Is a woman benching licht one split second before the three stars are showing? Adding to Shabbos, right? Toshimal Peh. Adding, 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 adding. You see what it is? The tree of knowledge is so dead. Anything dead you cannot add to. I'll tell you something. You, you read to me a dead Torah. What can I add? You tell me a dead story. You know what life is? It's growing. Growing is adding, right? The tree of knowledge doesn't grow. It has no smell. If you remember that the tree of knowledge has no smell. That's why we, right after Shabbos, we, we make psumim, because I want to be connected to the tree of life. The tree of life smells good. So on Shabbos, I can make Kiddush in Toys of Shabbos. But when it comes to the Seder, I cannot begin the Seder before the three stars. You know why? Because there it says in the Torah, for Erev Torah no Matzah. I mamish, I mamish have to eat the matzah when it's done. <coughs> you see, on the level of Kedusha's Yomtev, Kedusha of the day, I can add. That means when I'm a couple on myself, Pesach, let's say the, 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 the Holy Sisters bench licht, it's Yomtev. So I'm not permitted to do anything else anymore. But when it comes, mamish, to the Seder, what's Pesach has to be night. And here's a little bit of a controversy among the poskim. What's about damning Marev, first night of the Seder? So is this also part, because the night of Pesach, since Marev is also part of the night, it has, everything has to be at night, or it's just the matzah? Okay, I leave it up to you. Also, I'm sure you know this. This is very, very important. You don't sit down late afternoon by the Seder and have a big meal. You, you can eat something, you know. You don't have to be completely, completely dying from hunger. You know. But basically, Pesach after 12, you don't have a meal. I mean, if you eat something, you eat something. Everybody eats something in order not to, not to sit by the Seder and think of food. You remember what the Kuzma says, it's better to eat and think of damning than damning and think of food, you know? Yeah. Then it's very, very, very important. This is Kaval. The Seder, the table of the Seder must have four feet. First of all, four legs. four legs, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Four feet, four legs, yeah. Walk out of reach? Mamish. You have to write your hagos on Shekhanoch, you know? You know this, who are the legatkes, you know, like this, he was hagos. Anyway. First of all, you know, 
I mean, those four feet, I don't want to get involved too much in it, but because, first of all, you know, God's, God's, God's wagon, God's vehicle has four, four wheels or four legs. Abraham, Yitzhak, Yaakov, and David HaMelech. But also, you know, the table belongs to the, to the woman, you know, preparing the food. So it's the four mothers. You need four legs for the table. And also has, God's name has, has four letters. And also something else. The table on which you eat matzah has to stand strong. Mama strong. You know what the difference between a person in exile and a person who is free? An exiled person does everything right but doesn't take a stand. You know what the saddest thing is? I don't want to Chazashim say anything bad to be Ma'aradin on Israel. What's the problem? On one hand, we're licking the goyim, right? We don't lick the Yidin so much, and we don't take a stand. We're winding our way. Take a stand. One time. You know, if Israel would say one time to the whole world, you know, go to hell. God gave us the land. They would stop. Because they would know, you know, you remember the story about this little Jewish boy who went to Catholic school and suddenly was a good student? Remember that? They all stupid joke. Because he saw Jesus hanging on the wall. He says, I see they mean business, you know? <laughs> There's another stupid joke like this. That this Jewish boy goes to Catholic school. In comes the priest. He says, I give you $100 if you tell me who was the greatest person in the world. The one says, uh, Einstein, one of Kennedy, Shakespeare. Then a Jewish boy, Moishele, holds up his hand. He says, the greatest man was J.C. So the priest says, what's your name? He says, Moishe. <laughs> he says, <laughs> he says, Moishe, aren't you Jewish? He says, yeah. He says, but business is business, you know. <laughs> Then it's very important, everybody knows, uh, on the table of the Seder, you put two tablecloths. One tablecloth, just over the table, then one more. I know something else, this is very, very important. That, I don't know how rich all of us are, but it's really a custom, Mama Shia put all the gold and silver you possess, you put it on the on, on, this, on, on, the, on the table. Because the night we left Egypt, if you remember, we took all the gold and all the silver of Egypt. And uh, you remember the story. Why was there three days darkness? Because God promised Abraham, when we woke up from Egypt, we'll be rich. So God says to, God says to Moshe Rabbeinu, do me a favor. I don't want Chassid Sholem Abraham to be angry at me. So, Yom Ha'oyse Zokum, Vavon Avinu, Oysem Kiyamto. 
But how gets him Koshkud Loki Yamto? Remember you got Slavom and yeah, slaves you made them that you kept. But to work out which you didn't. So he walks into all the Egyptian houses, give me some gold and says, if you have nothing. But during the three days, listen to this, very, very important. During the three days of darkness, you know how strong the darkness was? They couldn't move, none of us they couldn't see. It was heavy darkness. We walked into all the Egyptian houses <coughs> and we saw everything they have. Now listen to this. You know what blues what blew the minds of the Egyptians? They could have stolen everything. But we didn't steal one thing. We walked into the house of the Egyptian and we said, I want to borrow some gold and silver from you. Elum, <coughs> right? Give it back to you. And they trusted us because they knew we are not thieves. And I want you to know something awesome. If the Egyptians would have not run after us by the Red Sea when they all drowned, maybe we'd have given that back to them. I don't know. But they all drowned. But it was such a kiddish Hashem that saw Mamish Eden don't steal. And just imagine there were nearly three million slaves and not one of them. You know, take today, you know, the way the world is, when it's dark, they steal and who knows what they're doing. We would have a strong claim, you know, you're, you're making slaves out of us, you haven't paid us anything for 210 years, right? <laughs> not one thing was missing, right? Okay, but say tonight, I want you to know this is Zer Kurdish. What's the difference between a slave in the, in the prince. A slave takes and the prince receives. He didn't want to take, wanted to receive. And also you see what it is. We didn't take freedom. Freedom is not something you can take. Freedom is a gift from heaven. You have to receive it. Well, right. I know there are hundreds of stories about the Heilige Rishon, you know, where Mamash had a lot of gold and silver. You know, Mamash, God. Then he said, this is, we were learning it. This is Mamash beautiful. This is Mamash for all the holy Hippolach. It's, it's a custom that you put a lot of incense on the Seder. I don't know what you're doing, but it's beautiful to put incense and flowers on the Seder shoes, on the Seder table. Mamish incense burning? Obviously not just to look at, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's red. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but this seems to be a Spadish Minik, yeah. Ah, now he talks. Yeah, Peter McTorris. <laughs> okay. Clever, this is very, very beautiful. This is for you, Dovidler, to Dovidler. If someone had the privilege of writing a safer, so this is my Rukhushkodo, right? I'm walking out of Egypt with all the Torah I learned, everything I learned from all my sad days of slavery. So all the pain I went through, I learned so much. Or imagine someone keeps a diary of all his mamish, the Shoma traveling, right? 
So you put this also on the Seder Because the question is, after you walk out into freedom, what did you gain by it, right? Ah, I gained so much, I learned so much. And if you wrote it down, you put it on the give out, right? Learn something very special. Imagine you have domestic help, and then, you know, you feel like going to the beauty parlor ever pacer, and you tell your domestic help, can you please get to say the, the table for the Seder together? No. I mean, an emergency. But, Marmish, it's the greatest privilege. It is the greatest privilege to do it yourself. I'm not sure now, but, but something, I remember something that the Heidegger himself would put all the gold and silver on the, on the Seder, on the table. Then there's something very special. Again, I don't want to press anyone or say anything, but basically it says that all the holy women who prepare the table of the Seder should go to the mikveh before. Sikhavals, you know? I know in Bobov, the Heilige Rebetzin, I remember Erev Pesach, when the Bobov Rebbe came, and he made a mikveh. So, Mamash, I remember Erev Pesach, we got a mikveh, then suddenly there was a big sign by the mikveh, from two to four, the Rebetzin is going to the mikveh. So, if you can. Okay. And there's one more very, very important thing. One second. Second. Then I, mean, I would like to learn a little bit more insight. You have to wear white by the Seder. You mamish have to. That means women should wear white dresses. Again, I mean, you <coughs> if you don't have to, you ha I mean, if you don't have it, you have it. But if you can. And men should wear a kittel. But this is, again, like only after they get married. And I really don't know why, but this is what it is. Okay, here are two, two tyrants which are very, very important. I won't say that you wear a kittel. You know, when do you wear a kittel? God forbid, we should all live long and happy. But God forbid if a person dies, what, uh, what is he wearing? A kid, right? White. 
So Saturday night, and I want you really, this is the deepest. Saturday night, you're wearing a kittel. On, on an outside level, let's remind ourselves, you know, when we think of God forbid leaving this world, it's not to make me sad, but to make me aware that you have to do something while you're here. You remember we're learning that on one hand it's heartbreaking that we don't live forever. On the other hand, just imagine I would live forever, right? I meet a girl, I like her very much, take her number and I says, you know, I think I'll call you in 100,000 years. I live forever, right? I have time, right? How's <laughs> sound to you? What's the rush? <laughs> in the morning or the afternoon, right? I want to learn, I want to learn the whole shots. What's the rush? I tell Dovetel, you know, two million years from now, let's meet in your shrine and we'll learn. On one hand, it's heartbreaking that we're not living forever. On the other hand, life became so much more concentrated. Because it's so deep, you know. Life has become so much more deep in a certain deep way. So Saturday night, we are wearing a white kittle to remind ourselves that, but then I don't like this so much. It's a little bit. I mean, I'm sitting there with the Seder, thinking, oh, you're back about, you know, 100 years from now. God forbid, you know. It doesn't sound good to me. This is really good. Remember, we are learning the whole time that Pesach is the tree of life. <coughs> you know why we were white when, when we leave this world? And really, I want you to open your hearts. It's the deepest. There's a whole Machloikis in the Zohar. What were the colors of our three holy fathers? According to, to one and the Zohar says that Avraham Avinu's color was trellis, blue. Yitzchak was red. And Yaakov was green. And there's a whole Torah, you know, Ramendel the Volker, the silent rebbe. His color was green. Green is growing. And there's a whole story thing I shared it with you. His grandson was also called Ramendel was like, almost like his grandfather, like, awesome. And this is a diary which was written by his daughter. It was never printed, and I only had the privilege to get this diary for one night. One of the Wolfgang like, gave it to me. I had to promise him I'll give it back the next morning. I tried to read as much as I could. So she writes like this. Everybody knows that my Zeder, Amanda the Volker, his color was green. Everything in the house was green. And she says, my holy father was named after my Zedin. Everything is green. God bless you. Then she says, my holy mother died. Her mother was so beautiful. When she spoke, it was so soft and so sweet. And you know, I don't want to say anything bad. In those days, Rebbe's Nebuch, you know, especially when Nebuch, a Rebbe's wife died and leaves him with a few children, then the Chassidim got together and they marry him off as another rabbi's daughter, you know. So one day my father came 
says, I was eight. And he comes and he says, I got married again. And the woman walks in. First of all, her voice. So loud and so... I couldn't understand how my father could marry such a woman. And then she says, she walks in and says, I don't like green. So she says, eight years old little girl, she says, I knew right away that she is not my father's soulmate. Unbelievable. And then she writes that every night I was crying in my sleep. I couldn't understand how my father can live with such a woman. She didn't give any ounce of cover to my father. She mistreated us, the children. She didn't hit us, but it was terrible. And I couldn't understand my father. And I saw Mama, she's completely never withdrawn, she's so broken. One day, she wasn't there anymore. And that night, for the first time again, my father came to sit on my bed. And he says to me, I know how much you have suffered. I just want you to know I divorced her today because she was not my soulmate. She said, I was so proud of my father. I was so proud. Then he says, she says, I was already nine. One day my father came with another woman. And when she walked in, her mama she knew she is my new mother. And my father says to her, what's your favorite color? She says, green. Ah. <laughs> it's my father's soulmate. So sweet, you know. So unbelievable. Awesome. I don't know why they never gave it to be printed, you know. It's the sweetest. See, it's not miracles of the rabbits, but like Mamish, the down-to-earth, the family life, it's so sweet, you know. So Yaakov was green. But then there's another sheet in the Zohar, which is awesome, that Yaakov, the was white. Yitzchok, everybody agrees, is red. Then, and Yaakov is tchelis. Anyway. <coughs> What's white all about? You know what we do? We paint our face all the time. Basically, white is not a color. Red, white is not. White is. Red is a color. Green is a color. White is not a color. It's beyond all colors, right? You know what paganism is? And I'm not talking about idol worship to bow down before a piece of wood. Nobody's doing that. You know what the Pshisko says? Imagine that the Pshisko Torah. Someone asked him, what's, what's real pagan? What means don't worship idols today? He says, I'll tell you. He says, <coughs> said to this, obviously it was something. He says, you want to be a rebel, right? That means you want people to think that you're a holy man. And here you're sitting Friday night, and your wife gives you soup, 
when you're burning up to have a second cup of soup. But then you say, hey, I want people to think I'm holy. So he says, no. This is emissive paganism, he said. You worship yourself. You paint yourself as something you're not. That's paganism. You know, all of us, we have painted faces. You know what Satanite is going out of exile? <coughs> to wash off all the paint. I don't want to say anything bad, but you know, look at around today. This one is painted orthodox, this one is painted conservative, this one is painted reformed. It's all paint. It's stupid paint, right? You maybe wash them off. It'll be all the same, right? It's all paint. <coughs> Someone told me an unbelievable story said getting involved in conservative reform. There was a big convention, and uh, first was this uh, orthodox rabbi, and the conservative rabbi, and then the reform rabbi. The reform rabbi once learned him a sifta Torah with that. He was, his, his mind was sharpened. So he says uh, to the reform rabbi, who's your president? He points out to this heat. He says, hey, he says, uh, uh, are you driving Shabbos morning to the synagogue? He says, yes. Then he says to the conservative, uh, who is your president? Uh, he says, this one. He says, are you driving? You got to go. I'll miss you. Can you give me your number? Good. Thank you for coming. Are you bringing her tomorrow? You better. OK, but thank you anyway. You here, friends? Is very clever. So then the reform rabbi said to the orthodox rabbi, who's your president? And he says, uh, Moshe Leber. And he says, how do you get Shabbos morning to the synagogue? He get all red in the face. <laughs> anyway, he admitted he, he is driving till two blocks before the shul. So he says, what are we fooling each other? What are we fooling each other, he says. Why, why don't we make peace, you know? He says, Do, does anybody here think we shouldn't keep Shabbos? You think my president doesn't know that you shouldn't drive on Shabbos? And doesn't your president from your orthodox show know that you shouldn't drive on Shabbos? But anyway, it was, it was a good meeting. All this paint, right? I want you to know something. Sometimes you meet people that are so painted, you know. What's the most beautiful thing when you meet a real person without paint? No paint. I'm sure we have it. You know, children have no paint yet until, God forbid, Mama should send them to school or they have to have the paint of a good student or they have to have the paint of a gewalt student or they have to have the paint of a wild student. Say denied we were white. I want you to know paint smells with death. Because anything which isn't for real doesn't last. 
And here comes the deepest Torah. And basically, you know, it's a Torah from Ishbetev, so deep. I don't want to get involved in it's a play on words. But he says the Kayan is blessing us that the Brochus shouldn't be painted. God blesses us all the time. But when you are painted, God sends you a painted Brochus. Brochus, the way, what level you are, that's how the blessing comes. So he says that the, the blessing of the Kayan is that the Brochus should be managed for real. You don't mean the patent brocha. It's not really a brocha. Just looks like one, right? You know how many times we are disappointed because we thought it's the greatest thing which happened to us? Then it wasn't. It was just paint. But then the deeper steps. Say denied we mamish abolish death. Because the moment we eat the matzah, who's a tree of life, and then suddenly I realize. I don't have to weigh the kittle anymore after a hundred years. From now on, the kittle, on the country, this kittle becomes a symbol of life. The kittle, you know, I remember I always tell people why does a chosen wear a kittle by the chuppah? You know, you know what he says to the color? Because of you, because of you, I never eat the tree of knowledge. Because the first chava made me eat the tree of knowledge. Uh, because my chava gave me only food from the tree of life. So I don't have to wear the kittle after I leave, after a hundred years. On the I'm wearing it now to the wedding. But then here comes the Sokhach of a Torah, which is a bit moral and a bit Sokhach. <coughs> you know who wears white? The high priest, when he walks into the Holy of Holies. You know what that means? You know what means the Holy of Holies? It's a little bit like the first uh, to be so real. <coughs> you know, when Aaron O'Connor walks into the Holy of Holies, why doesn't he ask for forgiveness? Because when he walked into the Holy of Holies, it's clear to him, if I did something wrong, it didn't come from the deepest depths of me. It didn't come from the real me. It was outside stuff. The world made me do it, the environment. All the stupidity I picked up. Say the night, I'm almost like the high priest in the Holy of Holies. But then he adds something more. You know, children are completely untouched by the world yet. So their heart is mamish the holy of holies. But say the night, when I'm giving over to my children that there is one God, I mamish have to wear white like the high priest. This is the way to go out, right? Because everybody knows the whole Seder is the God to give over to my children. God knowledge. You see, on Shavuos, I'm teaching Torah to my children. But my children don't ask me first. I'm not, they're just passive. They're learning, I teach them. Say the night. Oh, say the night is so deep, I wish. Because, you know something? 
when I want to tell something very, very deep to a person, I cannot walk up to him and tell him, I want to tell you something very, very deep. But if they ask me, it means their heart is open, then I can tell them the deepest, deepest depths of the Torah. These are the deepest, deepest, deepest depths of Yiddish Kadesh. Anivala Malach, Anivala Sov, Elakurish Borbach, Vadavatma. There's one guy. So the Helige Sarachova says that Satan night is Mamash family give over to our children. And you know what it is, but Arana Koin, you know, Moshe Rabbeinu gives us a title. <coughs> What's Arana Koin calling out the Shem Amfarash? Because Arana Koin is the master of giving us over God knowledge. Shem Amfarash. Yeah? That could be, yeah, 100%. And, um, Obviously, we have gold also because some of the begotten of the coin were basically gold, yeah. Hey, we have the highest guest in the world. Come here, I missed you so much. He's the cutest brother in the world. Hey. He is the cutest brother. Come here. In the Hamusak and in Kokar, so make the water trap. As a shepherd, you did. Come on, Mamma, stop it. Ay, 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 ay. Don't, don't. What's going on? We have only five minutes, but who cares? Okay, then we have a few more minutes, yeah? This is also very important, and we may not have a chance to learn the whole thing. But everybody knows Satan night, when we eat, we have to lean on the left side. And this is so strong that according to most, imagine I eat matzah and I didn't lean. And then suddenly, after I Koyman, Satan night, I go to sleep, and I realize I didn't eat matzah Leaning. I have to get up, put my pants on again, wash the <laughs> Wash my hands and have to eat matzah again and make alakhilas matzah. Yeah. Give up. Okay, maybe we'll learn this tomorrow, but I just want to give you a taste. When you eat more, you don't have to lean back. Because more is a symbol of slavery. So you don't have to lean back. When it comes to koyach, it's really machloike. Because we eat more and matzah. Because of the more, I shouldn't lean. God bless him. Because of the matzah, I should. But basically, most can agree that by koyach, you know, when I put matzah and the more together, I should lean. But then there's again a big controversy. Besides the matzah, okay, by karpas, the first thing you eat, radishes, you don't have to lean back. Only from the feast on. The question is, do you have to have the whole feast leaning back? That means the Haseva is mamish the whole, everything, say the night, besides more, has to be done by Haseva? Or it's just like matzah in the Afrikaner? 
Okay, now I just want to give you one three tower. Basically, Hasebe is really a little bit arrogant, right? I'm sitting here like I'm the Tsar of Russia. Oh, this is so deep and so beautiful, Amish. You know what our problem is? We don't know anymore what humility is, and we don't know what arrogance is. have no idea. We always do it at the wrong time. We are arrogant at the wrong time, and we are humble at the wrong time. You know something? If I am arrogant, God bless you. Just remember what the Bezerebbe said, we learned a thousand times. When God gives you something, you can be proud of it. When you do something, you should be humble about it. If I were to tell you, you know, I want you to know I got out of Egypt, was my idea. I gave God the idea of getting out of Egypt. It wasn't your idea. Mom is a gift from God. So here, a lot of rebels say that. That what we need fixing most is our arrogance. And the Gemara says, Kolam is goy, kilo When you're arrogant, it's like worship my idols. You make yourself bigger than you are, right? Just remember, friends, say the night is the utmost wiping out of idol worship. Egypt was a seat out of pagan worship. And Satan not getting out of every billionth ounce of pagan worship. And one of the most terrible pagan worships is worshiping myself, making myself arrogant. But Mamish has saber? Yeah, I'm sitting arrogant. But there's so much holiness. Satan night when the yeast leans back. It's not me, Schleimer, being big. It's not Moshe, it's not Yanko. It's Mamish, Eden, thanking God, Moshe, master of the world. Mamish, thank you so much for making kings out of us, taking slaves, making kings out of us. What a privilege. And it has nothing to do with the Torah, I just want to mention my father. Um, I think I shared with you, when we were little kids in Vienna, one day my brother came home and he was crying. Must have been maybe six years, seven years old. And said enough, it began already. He says, I walk on the street and kids yell at me, called me dirty Jew. I was crying. And he says to my father, was I supposed to call them back dirty guy? And my father put my brother on his knee, I'll always remember it. And my brother says to him, you know, if he calls you dirty Jew, when you call him back dirty guy, then you're the same like him. So my father says to him, you know, a slave, when someone assaults him, he gets wild and suspect. A prince. Prince ignores. 
Because the moment you, you respond, it means it reached you. Reached you. The inner principle. Someone calls you dirty Jew? Okay. He doesn't know what a Jew is inside. You know, say the nice, you know, Hedon, you know. And not this stupid American talk, I'm proud to be a Jew. Stupid, right? I mean, Mamish. You know what Rabbi Nachman says? Do you need more arrogance than praying, telling God what you need? Talking to God and believing that he listens to you? Isn't that the most awesome arrogance? And you know what the biggest, most awesome arrogance is? Torah Shabbat Here Moshe Rabbeinu brings down the Torah from heaven. And I, 3,800 years later, I'm adding to the Torah. I'm so sorry. Should I hold you more strong? Okay. You hear, friends? You know, it's not to be believed. Rabbi Shleim was talking about it a lot of times. You know, Toysus asks a question, it doesn't matter. <coughs> In a thousand years after Toysus, I can give a test. Isn't that arrogance? But Kival, what a holy arrogance. Ah, Kival, you know. So he says his savior is Mamish, the deepest fixing of arrogance. Then there's a whole big Torah if a waiter is supposed also to eat the Haseva. Because maybe a waiter, because he's serving you, say the night, so maybe he's really a little bit of a slave, right? There's a whole controversy for the poskim. Well, then they said that if the master of the house insists they should eat the Haseva, that means it's not, you're not my slave, right? Give out, right? And um, no, women, women not, no, no, listen to me, this is unbelievable. Yeah, give out. But today, all the women are kosher, yeah. He says, Mamish, very down to earth. There was a time that said, you know, women were not so important. So the women were not sitting lean. But today, he says, every woman has enough pride that she can eat per seven. Unbelievable. The Shaloch, I mean, the, the Paskim. Is that also interesting that there was a time when women weren't suffering from the negative pride that men were? Could also they didn't be. Need to lean because they didn't need yeah, to it's possible, it. yeah, it could be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll tell you what, you know? You're 100% right. You know what it is? Because the women, since they didn't make the golden cap, because isn't it the biggest arrogance to say that you know who got it? What chutzpah, right? You know, today, <coughs> you ever see those missionaries, they come and talk to you and they say, I know God. Do you know God? You know, sometimes I walk on the street and a cute little missionary comes up to me and he says, You know God? What? What chutzpah, right? Can you imagine the Babish Rebbe coming up and he says, 
Do you know anything about God? I know God. You know, I once walked on the street when I was too close to Lubavitch. I walked on Eastern Parkway, and there, a little Yiddish, you know, like, Moshe the tailor asked me, where are you going? I said, I'm going to Lubavitch Rebbe. He says, Rabbi Schneerson? I said, yes, he says, I know the guy. You know? <laughs> you know what it means you know the guy? I know his name, I know where he lives, right? You call it, I know the guy, right? What does he know? Right? So I know, I know there was one God, I know where he lives, hopefully. So you're right, because the women did not make the egg of Their pride maybe was never, was never so violated like, like for us men, sadly enough. It's true, there's a whole thing, I don't know, according to psychology, but who is more into bragging, men or women? Let's learn one more thing, we have a few more minutes. Can I to let the she with the Yeah, where's he going? Ah good, good, good. Okay, this is very important when you sit with your rabbi. You need mama's permission from your rabbi to tell you to super saber. But uh, if the rabbi didn't give you permission, then you should not lean. This is also very important, listen to me. When we wash and we eat matzah, you have to eat two possessions. One for hamoitze lechem and oats, right? Because it's moitze, right? And then for matzah, right? First you make hamoitze lechem and oats. Yamukhui vredimon kezai. Then you say, alakiras matzah. Just remember, the first time you eat matzah, you have to eat mamish two kezaisim. You know, some people take a little crumb and they think they eat it. Has to be mamish a big piece. The question is only the first kezais I eat for hamoitze lechem and oats. And the second kezais I eat, I eat for kilos matzah. Do I have to eat the first kezais also by Hasebe? Because this I'm not eating it on the level of matzah, I'm just eating it on the level of, of, of bread. I said, hamoitze and oats. So it's a big machlok, it's a poskin. But one thing they agree, that if... Ah, you're back? But the b'chazerat, You hear, friends? Every, everyone at the Poskin agrees, if I didn't eat that Bathsheba, I don't have to, I don't have to start all over again. But I should. Afikoyman mamish, Afikoyman you have to eat Vaseva. But again, there's a big controversy. If you ate the first kazais of Matzah Vaseva, and then you realize you didn't eat Afikoyman Vaseva, if you have to go back and eat Vaseva or not. But this is only before benching. After the benching, 
That's it. And it's finished. <coughs> the four cups, the four cups you have to drink cleaning back. Yeah. Okay, just I know we don't have time right now to go into it. Everybody knows that the four cups are for the three matzahs of Ormitsogyakas. And the four cups of wine are for the four holy mothers. So, okay, the first, when I make Kiddush, I'm Amish declare there is one God. So, I'm Amish the master, the master of, of a non-pagan, of non-pagan. She's the wife of Avon, non-pagan. And what you know, something awesome deep, which is cutting right through. You know, Sora was so beautiful, right? Sora looked exactly like Chava before she was driven out of paradise. So Sora could have been a little, have false pride, you know? Sora <coughs> was mamish completely cleansed from pride. You know, Avraham Avinu said to Sora, without getting involved in the depths, Hine no yudati ki isha yufastarat. He said to Sora, I want you to know that I know how beautiful you are. Not so simple, right? So the first cup of wine is mamish, the cup of our Holy Mother Sora. And you know why Sora, by our Holy Mother's all the Yiddishkeit comes from our four holy mothers because our four holy mothers cleansed, cleansed the deepest, deepest depth of our being. Okay, Sora, Sora is cleansing us from pagan worship. Then comes Rivka. This is all Torah. Rivka was the biggest master of knowing what is truth and what's a lie. It's a little like when I learned before. You know, Asaph, when he came to the house of Yitzhak, you think he, he walked around with a whip? He walked around with a streimel and a big gavel, right? Ah, Rivka saw the fact, it's not true, right? And you know something? that I don't give a waffle and Yaakov and Esav, but everybody knows that Esav, the Gemara says the Mashiach is coming, Esav will sit down next to Yaakov. And nobody will believe it's Esav. But then the Rabbanshu will come and he throws him out. That means it's mamish, heavenly, to look through all this is all alive. I mean, take civilization today, you know, Asim. Looks so beautiful, so human, devout, right? The biggest fake in the world, right? America, right, was there, democracy, right? I once heard a rabbi, should forgive me, he says, the Torah is beautiful, but now that we have a democracy, we don't need the Torah anymore, right? First of all, stupidly, if there's anything good democracy because it's based on the Torah. But just Rivke is the master of the truth. She is the master of Brochus. When Rivke knows exactly 
Rivki knows who is the one to, to lead the world and who is not good to lead the world. Rochel, everybody knows, is a chaos abide. Rochel is the master of Panossa. Remember, Yosef Atzadik was feeding the whole world. Basically, Yosef Atzadik, you know, Rochel Imenu is a chaos abide. She was, do you know how they divided the household by Yaakov Avinu? Rochel was in charge of the kitchen, and Leah was in charge of the children. Leah was in charge of the diapers, and Rochel was in charge of the food. I mean, this is down to earth, right? In heaven, this is the deepest depths, right? Okay, so the third cup is a holy mother of Panosa. You know, Mamish. Panosa not only physical what they eat. Rochel knows the secret what keeps me alive. We all need something which should keep us alive. The question is, Is this mamish what you need? We were learning before, like chumot matzah, right? You know, you can have everything, and inside, be completely empty, completely empty. You know, it says, "Kim kim miyotcham right? You know what God's when you eat, when you are blessed by God, pernot comes from God, then your heart is so full. It's possible to have everything and be completely empty. A holy mother Rochel is the master, Mamish, of filling your heart. Mamish, filling us up. Then comes the holy mother Leah. Leah is the master of redemption. She is the mother of Mashiach. What do we know, right? Okay, folks, anybody wants to tell me something? Well, do you want to say something fast? Oh, no. Don't tell me anything. One thing I was thinking of, and maybe something we can, we can focus on a little bit. Tomorrow, you said earlier about the, the woman and the fixing she does uh, in the house and, and so on, and uh, <coughs> different people you spoke to that, that say, you know, they feel like they're helping. Yeah. And because you said that Pesach was so much inside, and how Pesach is, you have to have a house for it. And I thought that the thing mm. that, I mean, for the most part, the, the man, I mean, symbolically, maybe today in the world less so than, than before, most of what he's doing that affects the house, he's doing outside of the house. Yeah. And so you don't really see it. And uh, and the the woman who's in the house in a sense is working it inside, and you see everything. Ev everything shows. It's mm -hmm. inside, and yet it all shows. And he's sort of all outside, and yet you don't you don't see any of it. Uh, you know when you're when you're inside. And uh, I mean, I was really really struck by by that, and then the role that that uh, somehow to me brought that up about the leaning made, made me. Uh, hmm made me think more of that to understand what that's about of when we do things on the inside and it shows on the inside or how many of you are trying to do things on the inside and we want it to show on the outside or people are trying to do things on the outside and they I don't know they, they just there was something hmm. there that, that seemed to hit uh, a uh, 
Hmm. You sure you want to say something? Maybe you have some fast over for me. Huh? What do you say, Micha? Anything. Yeah. Tell us anything good. Give out. What? Who? Yeah? You want to ask me something? Or you want to tell me something? Yeah? Oh, I'd be so honored if you ask me. Mama? Someone told me that his kid asked him, how could they leave Egypt? They had a job. You know? <laughs> <coughs> 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 
Anyone to say something fast or slow? Okay, that's it. Manishtan is tomorrow. Thank you so much. Thank you. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.